Whether you call Bris Vegas home or are planning a trip to the River City, this is the podcast that will help you plan the ultimate bluey day out. <laughs> the best of Brisbane for real life. This is Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. G'day, it's Justin here and welcome to a very special bonus edition of Bluey's Brisbane ahead of Father's Day when we've got a brand new episode of Bluey dropping in Australia. Now to celebrate this momentous occasion and also the prospect of season three dropping into our streaming service soon, we had a awesome chat with Mary Bolling and Kate McMahon from the Gotta Be Done Bluey podcast. Yes, the original, the OG Bluey podcasters. So we want to say a really big thank you to Mary and Kate from Gotta Be Done for uh, setting this up, for recording the whole thing. They did all the work and they've allowed us to share the chat with you. So without further ado, our chat with Mary and Kate from the Gotta Be Done podcast. Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone about Louie. We need to talk to someone about Hello! You're back in the wagon. How long have we been out of the wagon, Kate McMahon? Are you keeping track at this point? Uh, too long, Mary Bolling, and we are so excited to be back today to talk about the upcoming Father's Day episode with two of our very favourite people from the Blueyverse who we've been meaning to do this with for so long. It's Justin and Lou from Bluey's Brisbane podcast. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> we, we just had so this good. big debate about using your last names or not, but I, I liked the going with the Sunny, Cher, Madonna. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's Sunny just share. Like Whitney. Yeah. Justin and Lou. I'm down for that. <laughs> okay. And we've introduced us as the Got to Be Done podcast, but okay, you guys, who are you again? Well, we're the Bluey's Brisbane podcast, aren't we, Lou? We are. We're the, we're the podcast about Brisbane. Seen through the lens of Bluey. So we're kind of not really a Bluey podcast like you guys are a Bluey podcast, but there's plenty of Bluey stuff in there. Well, yeah. I think there's, there's a lot in common there as well because we're really the podcast about nothing seen through the lens of Bluey. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think you've narrowed it down pretty well to just, just find one thing and that is Brisbane. And there is, wow, I don't think I realised how much there was to talk about about Brisbane, but in two seasons, you guys have dug up some gems. Yeah, and we're pretty excited because we're going to be going around outback Queensland. So we've been picking up a lot of Easter eggs that are dropped um, about what's getting outside of Brizzy. Ooh, so we've taken it on the road. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. when you interviewed Dan Brum on your podcast, there was a burning question about Grandad and where or when that may be located. Oh, um, yeah. Can you answer that question, do you think, now? I've got theories, but I'm going to just throw that to Justin for a sec. Do you reckon you know where that location is for Grandad? Well, we always thought Lake Mugra, didn't we, Lou? Yeah. Because it sort of had to be within an hour or so's drive of Brizzy and, you know, you can go down there and there's the canoes. Um, we know where And those cabins Dan, too. Yeah, the cabins. They're just bang on. They're right on the dam, yeah, or lake, um, but it's basically a dam. But, yeah, it's got it all, hasn't it? Yeah, it's sort of just in the hinterland behind the Gold Coast, so about an hour or so from Brisbane. But we do know where Dan recorded a lot of the sound effects for for Grandad, and that was at the Inogra Reservoir just in the Gap, which is very close to the CBD, about 15 minutes' drive. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. And he also dropped a little uh, a gold nugget there about potentially he thought it was central Queensland, something to do with his childhood and going on holidays around Rocky. Oh, sorry, Rockhampton for all of those outside of Queensland. (laughs) Um, So we're kind of on the hunt because there's a very distinctive mountain range too. So we're going to try and track down um, those kinds of vistas. But I so totally think Ah. it's So, Joe, Brum, if you're watching, prove your brother wrong. Um, (laughs) I know you are. Um, I'm right and Dan's wrong. There, that's all. (laughs) Remember when you used to take me swimming here? Yeah, me too. That was a long time ago. No, it was yesterday. That is the beautiful thing about Bluey, though, isn't it? The world of Bluey and Brisbane and Queensland beyond, and yeah, the Bluey verse, as we call it. There isn't enough established information to ever be completely sure. And 
I think we all bring our own kind of biases to it, whether it's where a location is or what's happening in the background to the parents or all that kind of thing. So tell us, Justin and Lou, because it's Bluey's Brisbane, but obviously you're venturing out further and beyond the realms of Southeast Queensland, making those regional folks happy. Um, what is the bias you bring to it? Are you guys lifelong Ooh. Brisbaneites, Brisvegasans? Yeah, I'm, I'm um, Brizzy born, Brizzy born and bred here. Yeah, um, you are. spent some spent some time in the regions in Rocky as um, ah. Luke went out Rockhampton and lived in New South Wales for a little bit, but came back to Brisbane about the age of ten or so. Um, so mm-hmm. really, Brizzy born and bred. Um, but specifically, I grew up in the part of Brisbane that you see a lot of in Bluey, and that is the Gap, Ashgrove, Red Hill. Um, when I when I moved out of home from my parents' place at the Gap, I moved into right on the. So the corner of Red Hill and Paddington and and, and Ashgrove, which is oh, wow. some of the suburbs that you see a lot in, um, you see a lot in Bluey. Of course, you yeah. see the, it, the the Healer House. You can see the Red Hill Church behind, yep, yep. and you can see the the power yeah. station. Um, yeah, the transmission over, towers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah. I mean, I've I've lived in one of those little cottages that you know Bluey lives in. There are a dime a dozen. Around Paddington, and like this is a really <laughs> common design. I wish, that were a dime. I wish that were a dime. The 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 irony now is you pay over a million dollars for one of those little workers' cottages. Um, but yeah, twenty years ago it was all student accommodation, and yeah, yeah the cheap ah. place to live. But yeah, Lou, you're a bit of a country girl, aren't you? Well, country by the sea. I'm the surf to your turf. So I'm a Mackay girl, and came down for high school. But we were always down here for holidays, so. You're always seeing Brizzy in summer and there's some things like hearing Dave McCormack, voice of Bandit, talking about his growing up in Brizzy. Um, That was like my summer holidays, some of the things that he Mm. talked about. So he talked about a go-kart track that's apparently used to be in my suburb. Had no idea till he did that. But that went down a rabbit hole with my local community group on social media and people were sharing all their memories of that. Bingo! Pink car! Go, Rainbow! Hooray! You're the best day in the world! Really? Yeah! Woo! I'm back, baby! So we have a lot of international listeners who wouldn't understand the geography, I guess, of Queensland. How far up from Brisbane is Mackay? Look, we talk about everything and how far it took to drive in a 1974 Corolla. So 12 to 13 hours. I actually couldn't tell you how Ooh. many kilometres it is, but it was it was Ooh. a dawn till dusk um, raid. And you did it in one yeah. hit? Oh, yeah. That's, that's how we did things back in my day. So, yeah. Uh, and, and was Grey Nomads on the road then to be stuck behind or was everyone a Grey Nomad then or going at Grey Nomad pace maybe? <laughs> We may have been flying, I suspect, in that car. <laughs> Mum, have you got another car game? Look, I'm a bit out of... <gasps> Wait, try race! Donut! You got it! But, oh my uh, goodness, I yeah. just Googled that, Lou, and <laughs> I'm amazed that you did that in 12 hours because it's saying if you drove straight, it's 10 hours and 48 minutes That's via it. the 2021 Bruce Highway. So God knows what it was like back then. It's yeah. 952 kometers. Wow. it's That's yeah. a journey. You must oh, have really yeah. been hanging for those go-karts by the time you got into Brisbane. <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> but when you hit Mackay from Rockhampton, I mean, it's the gateway to, um, I'm going to do a sales pitch to everyone now, it's the gateway to all the islands. So if you want mm. Barrier Reef, that's, Mackay's mm. the bottom end of it. There is more Barrier Reef south, but all the island resorts start um, from Mackay up as a coastal town. That was a great way to live um, and grow up. But Brisbane was always the holiday place. And coming to Brizzy to do my high school years, I remember saying to my parents, it was around my senior year or first year of uni, so I'd been here six years now, and I remember saying, I still feel like I'm here on holidays. Yeah, Brisbane for a long time felt still like the holiday town. So that's an interesting way to live in your city, looking at it like that kind of rose-coloured glasses, I guess. And, Lou, now you're bringing that to um, listeners all over the world through Bluey's Brisbane, I guess, that tourist in your own town perspective. Unashamedly, absolutely. <laughs> loving this little daggy city. Um, like Justin and I talk about this a lot off microphone. We just love this place and it is hidden gems. It's 
they're not obvious things in brochures that you're going to have in things like Sydney with the good old dish rack, um, the opera house and the <laughs> harbour and all that sort of thing. But I think it's knowing where the gems are, which are a lot smaller in our city of the brown snake. Um, so we're definitely more of a river city than a harbour city. Oh, our ferry's here, Muffin. See you later, girls. Bye, Bluey. Bye, Bingo. Hey, kids, Uncle Stripe and Muffin are saying goodbye. Oh, bye, Muffin. Bye, Uncle Strawberry. But also it's not, so, it's not as recognisable as I think a lot of things around Melbourne. Yeah, the fact that Melbourne's so recognisable from their central train station. Not even Fed Square, which has won how many architectural awards? Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty like bland, that. though. I mean, it's sort of camouflage. You can't even find it half the time. <laughs> but we're all going to love it so much more once the Healer family finally get down here and show yes. off its true glory and open that up to the world. Yeah, get the Healers it's on a funny. tram. It's funny you say the city of the brown snake is that the is that what you the call brisbane it? river the is brisbane that river. a euphemism for the river yeah the brown but snake yeah i'd never thought of that because i you know being a victorian i think of queensland as you know beach and sun and all that kind of thing but actually when you break bluey down you see a lot more of the river and south bank and yeah non-beach water really we've seen yeah what maybe two episodes the beach and um and piggyback at the beach? Have there been Yeah, more? piggyback yeah. wasn't even on the sand. It was just on the promenade, though. So. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a Noosa mm. River, so another river. Yes. Yeah, mm. but so have you guys, have, do, are you running a, a spreadsheet at this point of which <laughs> locations are being repped in which episodes and what's getting them more bluey love? How does it all work? <laughs> it's a good question, isn't it? I mean, it depends who you are because, like, my so my kids uh, used to go to daycare just around the corner from the dump like the dump, mm-hmm. which is very close to the hammer barn. And so they Amazing. would they would get excited every day. Ah, oh, it's Bluey's dump. It's Bluey's dump. You know, every time we drove past it. Oh, you don't want to say that out of context, do no, you? <laughs> out, of, out of context, Bluey. Um, and they, so they loved that. But then um, I guess, you know, the more touristy ones, you know, take them up to Kangaroo Point Cliffs, which is kind of the view from the healers, um, sort of the parents' deck, you know, Bandit and Chili's deck, which is kind of like almost like a fake view that doesn't really kind of exist. It's like a classic sort of mashup of Brisbane and there's bits of, you know, Mount Cutha architecture with the, you know, the planetarium and stuff in the foreground. So, (laughs) yeah, it it depends. I mean, something, (laughs) fake views. Um, There's something for everyone. Fake views. (laughs) I love (laughs) that. Like even that beautiful shot of like Bandit um, sitting with Bluey and Bingo after they've had the ice cream and you get the shot across the river. Um, yeah, Costa admitted, I think, that there was uh, some creative license. Yeah, to they put kind it of mildly. squashed everything kind of in. Um, uh, but something Costa said to us, you know, on the on the DMs is his brief was sell the sizzle, not the steak, is what he was actually, <laughs> which I think is like a great a great line. How are you going in there, Bingo? I can feel my sausages burning. I started just doing a wee and now it's turned into a poo. Can we reverse? When did you both um, discover Bluey and do you remember the first episode that you saw? Ooh. I don't know if I can remember. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I I do. So so my kids um, are very routine driven. So it took us a couple of weeks to switch out of the the, kind of the Peppa Pig mode and and get them into Bluey. So the pool was the first one that we we watched. Um, First one we recapped. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I think that might have been about three weeks in after it kind of launched. Um, And so my first impression is, oh, yep, there's the Queenslander, there's the sunroom. They've kind of captured that and, uh, you know, there's Bandit playing with the kids and stuff. And and then as it went on, I kind of saw more of Brisbane sort of encapsulated in the show and that always just really intrigued me, like how they'd – sort of flipped Brisbane into a cartoon and really gone to a lot of effort to capture the detail of the city. So, but yeah, the pool was ours. What was yours, Lou? No, I've got no memory. No idea. I've been making it up. So I'm just coming clean. Um, It's always that opening credits for me that blew me away when I first discovered it was on, just watching them do musical statues because it still makes me laugh how many people are cottoning on they're all playing a game in the opening credits. But it's like... That was always well done. And the faces Bingo pulls and Bluey pulls when they're doing some of their dance moves in that is hilarious. 
yeah, when that music came on, you, you're realising you were racing with the kids into the room to watch it too. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> how old am I? And I'm pushing a four-year-old out of the way to get to the TV. <laughs> well, when your fine city finally in 11 years gets the Brisbane Olympics, perhaps perhaps that will be one of the uh, new events, the, the race to the couch to see who can watch it. Bluey. <laughs> I will be lining up for that one, Mayor. I reckon put in a strong yeah, yeah, performance. Lots of people want to see Bluey and Bingo be the mascots too for the 2032 Olympics. It, mm. And a lot of like, it's hot now. Will it still be hot in 11 years? And I'm keep thinking, keep it hot. What's wrong with yeah. you? All yeah. your four-year-olds will be competing in the Olympics and Bluey should cheer them on. <laughs> Come on. Obviously. But, um, absolutely. It's funny, like I, I, went to, I went to this tourism sort of event about six weeks ago. And they're all talking about, oh, if we get the Olympics, that's going to put Brisbane on the map. And I spoke to a few people afterwards and said, like, for millions of people all around the world, like parents and little kids, Brisbane is now on the map. Forget yeah. the Olympics. Bluey is where it's at. And they're like, what? Like, we yeah. kind of, because we're obsessed about it, right? So we kind of live in that world. But for all these other people, they're like, Bluey, what? You know, yeah. it's the Olympics, baby. It's huge. Like, I'm, we're yeah. constantly blown away with um, the amount of people who get in contact with us overseas, A, because they listen, which is amazing, but, you know, just that they are as obsessed with Bluey, some of them even more so than we are. Have they got like five tattoos to Mary's paw or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> more obsessed. I want to know what the sliding scale is. I've got a lot of bluey tattoos out there now. So, yeah, yeah. Look, I think that, that Olympic event will sort it out for once and for all. Um, <laughs> however, if we think a bit more short term, um, there's big bluey news coming up before the Olympics hit, and that is the Father's Day episode. Uh, can you guys explain the level of happy dance you were doing when the preview for this one dropped? Oh, oh so excited. Yeah. For me, Father's Day, yeah. I know what I'm doing at 8am on Father's Day. Get out of the way, kids. I'm watching Bluey. Well, let's face it, you're up anyway, right? I mean, oh, what are uh, the odds of a sleep in, no, uh, you I've, know, when you've got very young children? At 8am, mm. I'm thinking about morning tea. You know, I've already been up since half past four. Monkey bars? Uh, chilly. Asleep. Oh, all right. Let's do this. And last year, Father's Day, I guess, might have, you know, taken the spotlight off those uh, dads of very little ones because the episode they dropped early for that um, drop was Granddad, uh, which kind of just ripped all our hearts out on a nice uh, otherwise normal Mm. Sunday morning. So uh, are you guys like, are you building like fortresses for your hearts or are you hoping for something a bit more low-key like how are you approaching this what do you think Justin as the dad of young kids where do you think this episode's gonna go I don't know like it's it's always hard to pick these guys like I think you know there's gonna be some heart tugging moments but I don't know I think the thing with Bandit and um especially like Dave McCormack voicing him he's kind of like the voice of every man almost so I, I don't know where they're going to take this one, but I don't know if I want to see Bandit doing more laundry. Like, okay. that, personally. Put these wet clothes on love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Specific laundry. I can actually identify what it is. Yeah. Because, like, as a, as a, as a dad who's, who does the laundry, like, I've never okay. felt so seen as that first time I saw Bandit carrying the laundry basket. I'm like, yes. It's dad. actually excited but now mary's got me wondering how many tissues have we got in the house and i'm thinking i haven't been girding no loins or guarding my heart on this one and i think you might be right i don't think i was anticipating the tear jerker so thank god we met you guys tonight and (laughs) they always do this and i wasn't even prepared Uh, sucker punch i wasn't prepared for so well we have no inside running but we have seen that preview just like oh, guys. I have yes. studied it in detail, Mary. Okay, Let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we we open to a scene with Bandit Healer doing almost like a sitcom style entry to the kitchen. Is like it's dead, and Chili just 
brilliantly does the slow clap. <laughs> oh, the highlight of the episode. Which I, I, I think, you know, I'm not sure if this is a, a thing around the world, but in Australia, if someone gives you a slow clap, it's like, yeah, good on you, whatever. <laughs> we don't care. Um, you know, it's a way of congratulating someone but taking them down a few pegs at the same time. Um, they play a game called Boomerang, which I'm very excited to see how that works. I'm imagining we're going to see lots of kids making themselves vomit by spitting around <laughs> madly in parts <laughs> for weeks after, taking up other small children in their vicinity as they spit. <laughs> um, Bingo in that scene is holding a big slice of it looks like one of those rainbow cakes that you get from Coles in the, like the, the different mm-hmm. colour gradients. So mm. that could be... Interesting how they do that, and I saw some new dog characters in the background, like Ooh. a like a grey coloured dog which we haven't seen before. So, um, yes. just walking through, interesting to see if um, they become characters in the in the verse. What do you like the best of what Dad does? Oh, I really hope from that description, Kate, that it is a rainbow cake from Coles because I am still recovering from duck cake. Like, <laughs> couldn't take a duck cake moment. Like, just go to Coles, guys. Sort it yeah, out. It's like $12 and you just, or $20 and you slice it up and it's it's got all the rainbow. Forget Instagram, you know, 20. Yeah, it's still very Instagrammable. Very Instagrammable <laughs> with no effort. So. Um, maybe this is the, the salve, I suppose, for duck cake. You can do this. It's good. It's very good. Oh, too easy. Oh, duck cake. Yeah. Um, there was also another scene with Bandit um, throwing the girls. It looked, I can't remember if it was into a beanbag or onto the couch, but it looked uh, like yeah. A, yeah, sort of like a cable toss sort of, you know, <laughs> action. <laughs> Uh, have either of you uh, done that move lately? <laughs> um, yeah, we do it. I do it with my kids on the on the bed. You know, just pick up the four year old and yep. just you know, like almost so like um, you know, in the dump where bandits are and dump. It's sort of like that one, you know, like get over yeah. there. <laughs> so cathartic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, especially yeah, when you want to throw them in the bin, you throw them on the bed instead. Is <laughs> yeah. that where we're going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got me up at four thirty. Be good if you could do that as you were putting them into bed. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's mostly for me. It's like the, you know the the bandit thing. You know, sleep bed now. <laughs> I'm done yes. by seven thirty. I'm done. Like yeah. um, fruit bat. You know when bandits passed out on the floor. That's like me. Every single night after the kids go to bed, I'm just passed out on the floor like, uh, you know, that's me every night. Dreaming of playing touch football. Dreaming of, you know, the glory days. So season three, guys, have you got any predictions, any um, little tidbits that you've heard in the Brisbane rumour mill, anything that you'd love to see? I don't know. There's there's probably a few locations that would be cool for them to to go and see, I'd love them to go past um, Lang Park or Suncorp Stadium, as it's known. So where they play all the the rugby league, rugby union, soccer games. There, there's there's some famous statues out the front. There of famous footballers like uh, Wally Lewis, affectionately known as the King. So I'd love love to kind of see like a like a cartoon dog, you know, holding up the yeah, state of origin. Oh, nice. I think that'd be a nice touch. You know, I know you guys have have many times sort of hinted at you know doing some voices. Um, but, you know, maybe this is me just being a bit selfish, but maybe, like, when they're at the park, just in the background, if there was, like, some dogs recording a podcast, like, that would be super awesome. At a card table? Yeah, at, at a, a card, card table. table. Yeah. Or we would fully endorse. Yeah, yeah, we should be throwing that question to you guys about your your intel. When are we going to hear the Blueyverse versions of you? Are you able to say? Well, we, what are you controlling? No, like, well, Joe Brum did say on our podcast when we interviewed him, he was like, yeah, and you guys will record your parts. So I think, like, we signed yeah. non-disclosure agreements. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> we can't tell you. But, but, they we can't tell you. but I'll tell you what, I will, tell, I will say one thing. If and when we did record, I'll say I never felt more incompetent at making startled noises because <laughs> – Oh, there was one bit where they were like, so just, you know, pretend you're slightly surprised. And I think I went, oh, 
together for too long Kate because that is exactly the sound I made and yeah oh no like, so um maybe not quite so much like maybe more of a, like a huh that's a very subjective noise though isn't it I know it is like you know if someone says you to be surprised I went I went full any I went ah, you know <laughs> One thing I don't know is coming up in season three, but I've been sort of hearing a lot of hints about, um, and this will make you very happy, Justin, is um, Joe Brum has been in um, other podcast interviews talking up his love of sport and mm. the big names he's kind of mentioned that he'd love to get as Bluey voices include um, Wally Lewis, is he still alive? I don't even know if he that's is, yeah. Wally is still alive. reading the news, I think. On... That is possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, of course, JT, um, the yeah. greatest yeah. of all time. Jonathan Legend, yeah. Um, these are also... all rugby people. I haven't heard of these names yeah, ever they're, before. They're, I'm they're, sorry, all, I'm they're just... all rugby league players. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I like your idea of bringing uh, bringing someone in via statue rather than via voice. Um, but then this was a really weird tidbit. When uh, Joe Brum spoke to us, he mentioned um, Darren Hanlon was high on top of his list of people to um, bring into the fold for Bluey Voices. Nice. And he said on um, on one of these podcasts I was listening to that actually when they're doing the first um, animatics of an episode, he just picks a Darren Hanlon song and puts it to that to get the right mood and then play it to Joff Bush and that's where Joe, uh, Joff Bush has to build from. Um, so Look, Darren Hanlon is the basis of so everything. I don't know if that means then that Darren Hanlon is owed a whole lot of royalties for these uh, <laughs> never published <laughs> animatics uh, and, or if there'll be some sort of quid pro quo. But I thought that was really, you know, if he's that committed, surely, surely Darren Hanlon, uh, the musician from Gympie, is so close to just being nudged into a voice in this season, I reckon. Surely has to be, surely. Gimpy's yeah. favourite son, Darren Hanley. Yep. <laughs> yes. Which, just up the road from, you know, maybe there's a Gimpy location in season three. Wow. There you Do go. You know, what I'd love to see, and it's been done comprehensively by Pepper Pig, which we know there's sometimes been a bit of a Pepper Bluey crossover, but if healers went to a festival, surely they'd go to the Gimpy muster. Yeah, I like where this is going. Bring it, we know that they have a tent, so you could bring in camping. The, the love of rail that you talked about before, there's, there's a park in Gympie. It's been a while since I've been there, but um, there's a park where you can get on a little train and, you know, pedal your way around on a, on a push push train. So maybe if we see that, Ooh. we'll know that that's Oh, my God, you never tell my son. Oh, yeah. that's a good night. Yeah, yeah that sounds only, very you know, It's only a three-day drive from Melbourne, Kate. So you know, Only. Yeah. To get there, a long time. What if I get bored? Then you get bored. Like you guys were asking about what's coming in season three. Everyone's been frothing at the mouth about when are we seeing Bob again, and we're going to, mm. you know, Joe's we do see more of him apparently in season yeah. three. So um, Father's Day, do we get Bob and Ben? Oh my goodness! Imagine. So that's why I was just thinking, oh, look, it's just going to be one big happy episode. But also I'm sitting here going, oh, man, tearjerker. Why did I underestimate them? So I didn't assume <laughs> he might have got a box sighting just to satisfy that, you know. Because there was a big conspiracy after he didn't show up for Christmas swim, right? Like I'm yes. sure mm. you were inundated with um, emails just as we Concerned. were. Where is Bob? Um, yep. he people were very concerned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, But the, now we uh, do understand that he is Bandit's dad, and uh, he will be back. This will be good news to the uh, the Bandit Fathers, you know, Facebook group I'm in, who are very concerned with the whereabouts of Bob. There's a Bandit Fathers really? Facebook ba- group. There is. Would you believe it? Of course, there is. Yeah, there's a Facebook group. There, oh, so you yeah. weren't kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's an actual real thing, Bandit. <laughs> The the, you know, the Bluey Fathers. Did group. you start this much like a podcast about uh, Bluey in Brisbane, <laughs> or is this one not? No, nothing <laughs> not to do with me. I'm just a chart. member. Oh, really? <laughs> just a oh member. wow! Yeah, get some get some dad inspo. It's oh, good. I love it. Yeah, 
we all need a bit more bandit healer in our lives. I think we have to plant some of the uh, dads in our life in that group, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, one mango, please. And that's your big size. Extra small size, thanks. Oh, no fair. Highly fair. I wanted to ask Kate about the music because one of my favourite things about Got to Be Done is when you guys have a chat about the music and Kate really pulls it all apart. So, Kate, you know, do you reckon you could put together a top five of your, your all-time mm. Bluey favourites or is there some real standouts from the last two seasons um, yeah, of Bluey? Yeah, there, there definitely are um, a few that really um, just get me every single time. I think... Um, Mary and I both uh, are true to bike. Um, it's season one. Um, they use uh, Beethoven in that um, the Ode to Joy, and if you translate the lyrics of Ode to Joy, it's just so moving and beautiful, and talks about that persistence and fidelity as well. So I think. Every time I hear that, I, I think back to um, MF, Melbourne Symphony Orchestra concerts in my teenage years. I went to a, a school where I was in the music program and um, after school me and my friends would always go down to the, the concert hall and get cheap student tickets to see the MSO. So, yeah, and I remember seeing Ode to Joy really clearly and, um, they handed out party poppers in the thing and we all just like it was just a big shower of confetti and streamers at the end. It was beautiful. So, yeah, I love that. It's very close run with Sleepy Time though. I don't know how mm. anyone could listen to um, Holst's Jupiter uh, in that context. And um, when we have spoken to Joff Bush, the, the show's music composer, um, He's explained to us how they use the motives, which is like a short version of um, the main theme throughout the episode at all the really touching moments so that when Chili as the sun is doing that, you know, because Mm. I love you and they play that theme in full, your heart just instantly um, has subconsciously associated that all the way through with the love of the parents and that, yeah, I just... (laughs) I Why just did get trained. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really love um neighbors because it just reminds me of those classic nineties sitcoms. Um and then how could you go past Granny's with that iconic mm. like honky tonk? Yeah. It's almost a bit like um you know, one of those great American, you know, the entertainer or Joplin style um, tunes and it's so much fun and I just love the way my kids react every time they um, see it. And then probably my number five, Justin, just to round it out, would probably be the the recurring motives in Bin Night and I know it's a bit of a random one, but it's just pieced together so cleverly. And every time I watch that episode, it's almost like looking at a Where's Wally book or something. You notice so many more details mm-hmm. and layers of intricacy. So there's um, six cycles of this bluey narrative centered around Bin Night. And every single time the music is just broken up into these little sections where they'll they'll play one part and then another and then as it gets more chaotic they make these tweaks but then it all comes together in the end and I don't know, I just Mm. really like it. All my children are my favourites. I'm going (laughs) to listen back to this and be like, why didn't you mention Baby Race? You love that bit of I actually I actually think Bin Night is such an underrated episode. Um yeah. it really shows off I think the genius of Joe Brum and his writing that he can take something so mundane and trivial yeah. and, and turn yeah. it into something amazing. And just you know, the killer line at the end where, you know, the kids say, When I grow up I'm gonna, you know, build a robot so we don't have to take the bins out and Dad says, I hope not. And it's just something so yeah. simple as, and you think oh. about, they go, yeah, like for kids, you know, they just want your time. They don't care about what you're doing as long as it's you're doing something with them. It's something as simple as taking the bins out, you know. Yeah. It's just magic, yeah. you know. Do you guys watch Ted Lasso? 
No. What you just said, Justin, was almost exactly a line in an episode of the second season of Ted Lasso. I'm, um, that's my latest obsession is Ted Lasso. <laughs> nice. And, um, and uh, there's this very grumpy footballer called Roy Kent and he's trying to, like, um, he's giving sort of this talk to his his football boss who's a, a woman and she's like, I just don't know, I just can't connect with her. And he's like, kids just want to spend time with you. He's like, oi, do you want to come to my podiatry appointment? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, she's just, like, lit up by going to the podiatrist. It's like, it's easy. Ah. Just spend time <laughs> They just want to be part of whatever you're doing. And, yeah, and then she goes away and um, invites uh, her um, goddaughter to spend the day with her. So, yeah, that's exactly that message in a different package. But Mm. I completely agree. It's those moments um, that you experience every day that really do bring so much meaning. Mm. And as you were going through that list, Kate, it made me realise, you know, we talk quite often about, ranking our bluey episodes but really you need to rank them by for the music (laughs) for that particular character's arc because you know i have my five favorite bingo episodes i reckon yeah Uh, and for you guys is there like could it be done could you do a top five favorite for real life brisbane moments episodes yeah off the top of your head sorry (laughs) this challenge Ah, ice cream, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's something nice for that because I'm looking at you, Justin, now as a former ABC radio dude, like whereas I'm a former radio girl. Um, <laughs> so if we have Lee Sales as a Brizzy girl that we all see on the 7:30 report, um, mm-hmm. we'll see. I said, but to hear her as the ice cream lady, there's just that lovely extra bit of Brizzy injected into that episode. Yeah. And it's one of the few episodes, I think, like we were talking about the view being a mashup, but the wonderful thing is when you are there, you don't have to look at it through the lens of a cartoon. You can see all of it right there um, that they're showing. So that's pretty true to form, um, that episode. And you can go to that ice cream stand and you can fight Bing chickens and you can do the dance <laughs> yeah. along the river. You can dance under the Bougainvillea. You yeah. can. Yeah. You yeah. can. Yeah. Through the little it's sprinkler there. thing. Yeah. So that's, that's at that's South it. Bank. Yeah, that's um, at South Bank. Yep. Along the river. What other um, for real life bluey um, moments would make your top five, Lou? I reckon um, a challenge for everybody, if you really wanted a for real life moment in Brizzy, would be to do dance mode in front of the Treasury Casino, which is a former <laughs> government building. So where ah. they just play with the family dance mode, you could do that. And it's like just bring the Ghetto Blaster 1986 style and just do your best moves there. I reckon that would be a fantastic thing to just do and just to see the reactions you get because people would recognise it. It's That's another authentic landscape, I think. Um, Oh, Justin, this goes out to you. So I'm pandering Mm. to you here and you're back here. (laughs) Okay. But you can go to the Hammer Barn and I think that's really cool. Because I break my kid's heart saying our Hammer Barn's not the right Hammer Barn, but, yeah, that's a Hammer Barn. So Mm. to go to the Hammer Barn with capital letters, um, that's at Capera. I think that's a must-see. Yeah. (laughs) Why is that magical? I don't know. It's not as magical as going to another hammer barn. But the paint sample, you know. What? Are there any left before this stage? Oh. How many people They're have gone there for real life? And, well, surely just the hordes of Bluey fans have been through by now and, yeah, strip the shelves, like you say. But <laughs> yeah. maybe, they're, maybe they're replenishing them. Bluey, look. <gasps> Yes, they're all for free. And look, I think, um, look, this would be close to number one, um, along with Lee's sales and ice cream. But um, the creek, you can go to the creek. Uh-huh. And I think that making it easier on yourself and going to your Nogra Reservoir, because seriously, everyone in the Gap, and anyone who's living in the Gap, or Ashgrove for that matter, is listening, you have been keeping this a secret from everyone who's outside your postcode. And, like, I, my, half my in-laws live at the Gap 
they've never mentioned in the entirety of my 20-year-plus marriage that the Nogwood Reservoir exists. So I took them to task on social media after that episode because I had no idea it was even there. But, but to uh, clarify and- then, so the creek is the Inogra River or you're saying go to the Inogra? Okay. Oh. I, I can okay, probably clarify that. So so I think yeah. from, from what I've been told, the the art, the artists um, used the Cedar Creek out at Samford and the Kedron Brook, um, which runs through a heap of suburbs on Brizzy's north side, as kind of the visuals. But Joe Brum, his inspiration for the creek comes from the Inogra Creek um, around a little locality called St John's Wood, which, which is in between the Gap and Ashgrove. So, okay, I spoke to Joe in 2019, and this is where kind of the whole idea for this podcast was kind of birthed. But when I asked him, you know, what was your favourite, you know, location to kind of recreate, he says the creek because uh-huh. he has such vivid childhood memories of playing down the creek, and that was the same creek that we played in as kids. So, Aww. yeah. So the creek yeah. is actually really special to me, and actually, Kate, on the music front too, is like I just love the creek's music. I think that is just amazing and when they reimagined it for the album with those beautiful lyrics I was just like oh my heart see I'm already regretting my top five (laughs) (laughs) because you're exactly Uh, shifting place um we actually um had a a funeral that we attended recently for a young child and they played that and there was not a dry eye in the house it was just so beautiful so Mm. beautiful But it's so uplifting as well, and then yeah. it's like it's our bedtime music at our house, so it's it really just does is... it still ages alarm? Uh, no, he got rid of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary's husband Adrian was playing it as his daily uh, wake nice. up alarm. Nice. <laughs> he would let it go for longer than you'd let an annoying alarm go. So yeah, that was <laughs> that was the downside of that particular life hack. <laughs> It reminds me very much of a, of a guy called Bonnever, if you're familiar with his music, yes. but very, very um, reminiscent of Bonnever and, um, you know, his ah, music, I, can, I think. So, yeah. I can hear that. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things we were hoping to touch on, I guess, today was uh, different obsessions because we are all quite <laughs> obsessed with the world of Bluey. Um, <laughs> you think? Just a tad. tad. Is anyone disagreeing here? No, no. (laughs) Look, I don't think we're all in the same uh, get tattooed on our body (laughs) camp, Mary, but, you know, like we're in. I I got sort of defensive when someone was trying to tell me something about an episode. I was like, it's not that episode the other day. So, you know. With much power comes great responsibility, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> You've done very well there. It's, it's tough to be restrained. Um, but, yeah, um, as I mentioned, I'm I'm very into Ted Lasso at the moment. Is there, is there any other obsessions in the Louis Brisbane world that you're getting into? I think a lot of them are in the shot with me so we're all talking of course on camera but it's lost on people yeah (laughs) this is not a visual medium you You might have to (laughs) so this came out on record store day as well as the bluey one which you can also see the bluey rug back there i've got my vinyl up there but this one is Mark Bolan and T-Rex. Look, he died when I was 18 years old, but I don't let that get in the way of true love because death transmits <laughs> nice. life and all that sort of thing. I don't know, I'm tired. But uh, I absolutely adore Mark Bolan and his music from the 70s. Okay. So ah. he mad and was mm. And so has that been a lifelong thing? Or like, were you researching that pre-internet and finding out about him or no, is it a newer discovery? Um, pre-internet. Actually, my obsession, I collected vinyls and really rare stuff of U2 back in the day. Mm. And the only thing that I kept from that massive collection that I sold off, the biggest poster in the known world, and I got it backed onto, you know, like the MDF board. Um, I got the poster saved and you can see the blue tack marks on it. It's been laminated and stuck onto board to preserve it for all of time. But it looks amazing. It's Octum Baby, um, their album art. Yeah, okay. And that's why I got it saved because it was a, it was art. And it's a really fond memory of some of the girlfriends that back then who shared the same obsession. We dissected all of the music, the lyrics, 
um, adored Octum Baby, adored um, Zeropa that followed that and the tours. So that's probably quite defining. Then I broke up with Bono and I just kept the poster. <laughs> you mean an obsession can end? Oh, my gosh. This is a terrifying um, information. <laughs> but it does it does sound like proof that you're prepared to really commit to an oh, obsession, yeah. Lou. Um, what about you, Justin? Um, I think um, for me it was always cricket. So um, another thing that pops up yeah. in Bluey, but um, I, I played cricket until I was four, 40, um, giving away the age there, and that kind of stopped once the kids um, came along. Um, that was but, just last summer, right? Like, last yeah. Summer, yeah. <laughs> just, just last summer. Um, but, yeah, one of the things when, you, when you're in a cricket team and you obsess over all the gear, especially like bats, ah. um, and so – you know, the, the healers have a specific type of cricket bat. It's a grey nickel, so we call it a grey nick. I think it's a max series that comes with a green, you know, grip and stuff. But we'd always just obsess over the gear and, oh, you know, this this bat is used by Ricky Ponting and this bat's used by, you know, whoever. And, you know, there, there'd be blokes turning up to games and they're knocking in their bats because, you know, you've got to knock them in before or you use them. paying someone. My husband was always, <laughs> like, giving some nine-year-old five bucks to sit there for the whole afternoon. Yeah, but the you, you just knew you just knew that the bloke who was doing that at the game, his wife <laughs> or his girlfriend had said, don't you dare hit that, knock that bat in anymore at home. Do it at cricket. I'm sick of the sound <laughs> right. of that thing. Um, yeah, fair. So, yeah, I think I think cricket and just discussing, you know, random games from the 80s and, you know, when Alan Border took nine wickets at the Sydney Cricket Ground to, you know, uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> it's gone over like a lead balloon to, on there. It's the only downside of Bandit, but uh, I'm glad it's I'm glad that's your world, Justin. <laughs> See, as a, as a, former, cricket, a former cricket wag speaking here, um, yeah, uh, Justin, Mr McMahon will be calling you after this recording. Yeah, so. tell him I'm, I'm available anytime for a chat. <laughs> I knew that I knew what I was in for when I think we I just moved in with him and this is showing my age now so I think it was 2005 with the the summer the ashes were in England mm-hmm. and it was the year that we lost them yeah. and um it was electric though because it was like Australia had kept them for so long and then all of a sudden yeah. it was like oh we're all interested because we might lose um but yeah <laughs> I remember waking we had to buy a new couch before the ashes and um, then there were like many, many nights where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and Tim was not there and he was in full whites in the lounge room um, with his bat replaying every shot that was on TV. <laughs> shadow, shadow batting in front of the TV. That's classic. Oh, yeah. man. That's uh Man, that is a scene I want to see now uh, play <laughs> in the bluey verse because you yeah. could picture you could picture yeah the uh, the pads on Bandit and something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. All right, girls, who wants to sit on the couch and watch cricket? No, not me. No way. Let's play horsey ride. Yeah. <laughs> well, we gave it a shot. Yeah, because for Australian blokes, you always think you're just, you know, one good score away from being picked for the for the national side, you know. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get <laughs> or at least of... a 2020 team. Like, yeah, it's yeah. much more achievable now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Got my own spikes, got my gear. Just pick me. Oh, Will Anderson. So for our international listeners, Will Anderson is a huge comedian, but he also is still kind of famous. And we, we are all of that era when Will Anderson and Adam Spencer, his co-host, would run national breakfast on what was known as triple j yeah he had his top ways to score a century to get your spot on the australian cricket team (laughs) yeah and where to do it and the sort of level of the game all that sort of thing that's about all i can contribute to a cricket conversation it's funny you say that lou because yes we're all of that generation but um I think the first things I knew about Brisbane growing up in regional Victoria were very much from Triple J because back then the music scene was so parochial and every band from Australia was back announced as, you know, that was Custard out of Bris Vegas. And in, uh, you know, little regional Hicktown Mary's Head, Bris Vegas was so shiny and so exciting and I didn't actually realise Bridge Vegas was kind of a sarcastic term until probably well into my 20s. But um, but 
I reckon the first band I saw live was Regurgitator, who I oh. was very well aware they were from Brisbane. <laughs> and um, same, obviously, Custard uh, was where we first. Yeah. 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 So many Brisbane yeah. bands of that era. And look, they, you know, if nothing else, they've uh, given us um, Dave McCormack, but they've given us much more as well. Back to the locations, like I didn't know, you know, you'd hear about where these bands were playing in Brisbane and it all meant nothing to me. But um, it sounds like you might have been there at the time, Justin, and going to those gigs. Yeah, um, absolutely. So say Bandit Healer was to have a flashback to his misspent youth in his 20s, maybe living next door to you in uh, one of those little houses. Like what should that flashback look like in the Blueyverse? Well, he'd be he'd be playing a gig probably at the zoo uh, in the yeah. valley. Um, now the zoo it's has not an actual zoo, is it? No, it's no, just called it's the just zoo. Called, it's just called the zoo. But um, <laughs> famously, uh, for a long time, um, no air conditioning. So in Oof. summer, it was very sticky. So, so you'd want to get a spot by the windows in summer to, <laughs> yeah. to watch the bands. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he'd he'd be hanging out at the zoo watching some bands, maybe heading down to, um, you know, Rick's Cafe in the um, in the Brunswick Street Mall after the gig, um, you know, maybe finding a dodgy kebab somewhere uh-huh. um, somewhere in Brunswick Street as well. Um, down and, in know, Dimmies, yeah. yeah. So I think Dave grew up in, he grew up in the western suburbs, but mm-hmm. during Custard, Custard were very based around Spring Hill, um, okay. which is just up the road from the valley. So he'd sort of head home to Spring Hill after his night out at the zoo. I reckon that might be the flashback. Any anything else, Luke? Uh, you missed the New York slice pizza if you didn't want to do a kebab, but you were on brand, buddy. That was yeah, yeah. absolutely flawless. Yeah. I'm already picturing like Bandit and Stripe in a squash because we know they do get a bit sweaty in yeah. that episode, mm. but maybe younger, less love handles and a bit scruffier. I reckon this episode's already writing itself, whatever they're flashbacking <laughs> for. Like. I'm down for this flashback. I think then clearly they've got it. You've need to be a consultant on that one justin i reckon you're bringing a lot of uh a lot of hard-earned knowledge there i'm, I'm available ludo just you know call me same as the cricket team just call me i'm available uh, and there's gonna be a queue around the corner for you by the Show end of this episode how it's done yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i think we established in that chat that we are fairly obsessive people <laughs> but um i was thinking about that and the fact that when we became obsessed with Bluey, there wasn't much information to deep dive as well, which I think is why Kate and I got so, like, if it's not on the internet, like, we need to research this further. Um, <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of, like, similar in my early 20s in Melbourne and the Melbourne music scene. Like, I was obsessed with a band called The Luxmiths, who <laughs> really, to know anything about them, you know, there might have been one or two street press interviews or you went to their gigs. And at the gigs, you know, there was a scramble at the front to get the set list and take that home and then you would be the keeper of the information. And, yeah, I feel like because we all started at Bluey so early, we are we are the keepers of the set list and, but then just broadcasting it out to everyone <laughs> so everyone's got the set list. I love uh, were there any bands you were grabbing the set list for back in those uh, Brisbane band days, Justin? Um. Yeah, so so I saw all the sort of the big bands on the way up, um, which was really mm-hmm. cool. So um, I saw Regurgitator um, at O Week at UQ. That's the University of Queensland. Now oh, yes. um, they were supposed to play in the Great Court, but it absolutely bucketed down. They moved all the bands into the uh, multi-level car park, which is a concrete structure, oh, and sounded was- about as bad as you know you could imagine. Um, I was with lots of, you know, passed out students. All over the car oh, park. It was, you know, yeah, one of those. Um, I saw I saw Powderfinger supporting UMI playing to about ten people um, at an all ages gig. So I saw them on Amazing. the way up and um, saw Custard in little pubs in Spring Hill and stuff. And um, it was that that time in Brisbane was just like a really I don't know. It just felt like there was something happening, especially in music. And then there was, and Lou can probably speak into this a bit more. You had the flip side on the on the the literary kind of world with people like yeah. um, John Birmingham and um, yeah, absolutely. You know, Nick yeah. Earls with Zigzag Street, things like that. Yes. There was something happening in Brisbane during the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, and that was Rebecca Sparrow as well, and uh, Alison Rushby too. So Alison Rushby now writes things for your tween daughter 
um, and they're very sweet and there's a little bit of a mystery and all these sort of things. But I remember her, it, well, back in the day we called it Chicklet, um, but now we'd call it either women's fiction or contemporary romance. But she had a fan, it's still the best romance title I've ever seen, allmenabastards.com. It was just <laughs> an absolute clanger book that sent shockwaves in that sort of audience. Um, but like Rebecca Sparrow, she wrote stuff as duets with um, Nick Earls as well. And it was just, ah. they both wrote romance really um, about growing up and finding love and Brizzy. So you could go to the escalator where the scene happens in Zigzag Street um, between the two lovers with Nick Earls. Everyone wanted to be them. Everyone wanted to be John Birmingham. I still want to be John Birmingham now. And he writes about alternate histories with aliens and, you know, Putin riding off on his jet ski. <laughs> Almost as good as all men are bastards, Scott Com. So okay. he's still grungy. He's never lost his grunge. It's almost like he's time locked in 1991. Don't change, John. I'm sure you're a big fan of this podcast. So <laughs> what I'm hearing is there's other ways to find out about Brisbane other than Bluey. Like, is this, is this what you're saying, Lou? You peaked in 91 and we brought it all back, didn't we, Justin? <laughs> it's all, it's all just part of the story of Brisbane. I think Bluey's just, um, an extension, an extension of all the little stories that have gone before it. So you, know, you had the Saints yeah. and the go-betweens in the seventies and then you had something like Expo 88, which, you know, Brisbane grew up. Mm-hmm. Then you had the, the bands exploding in the mid nineties. And of course, Dave, Dave McCormack is part of that. And then, you know, Bluey again. Um, so there's all these little stories along the way. And I think Bluey's just kind of part of the story of Brisbane. Um, oh, and, and, and Brisbane people and Queenslanders are so parochial. I think everyone's really taken ownership of, of Bluey. Um, do- doesn't matter if you don't have kids, but everyone loves Bluey in Brisbane. It's just, it tells our story. It's just kind of cool. Ah, thanks for sharing it with the rest of us. <laughs> We're yeah, fans. we love your podcast. I mean, yeah, I think, oh, we um, love your podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's mutual. Yeah, yeah, this is all the love. And like Definitely. we did this have a mojo project. You called me up out of the blue saying, "Do you need mojo with this COVID business?" And then you pitched me this idea of let's do our Brisbane haunts that are on the show. And it's like, yeah, dude, I'm ah. in. In, in my head, you mojo. were you were a pre-lockdown thing, but. It was after lockdown, yeah, after so, that first lockdown. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah September yeah. last year, and I pitched it to Lou probably about July. Yeah, Can we do this podcast holidays. about coming to Brisbane when everyone's locked down and international borders? I actually think once <laughs> yeah, this mess is over, once they open up the borders, people come to Brisbane like people go to New Zealand because they like Lord of the Rings, right? So that, yeah, that was kind yeah. of – because nobody was really doing this, like – that was kind I'm of waiting, the whole. I'm waiting for the bus, the bluey bus, to start yeah. around Brisbane. We've talked about it, and we've we actually had planned something for last school holidays. Luckily, we didn't do it because we went into lockdown for the oh, for imagine, the holidays, yeah. and we would have had to yeah. cancel it. But I think once things get kind of back to normal, whatever that looks like, that then will go we'll... off. We are yeah. happy to volunteer yeah. as tour guides any yeah. day of the week. Come on, you guys are on the familiar. <laughs> Seriously, come on, come on the Camille. As, uh, as, they're tested on you. They'll win the trivia that we said. Got <laughs> <laughs> to shut uh, them down. Okay, I think we have covered a lot. Yes, there is so much more ahead for Got to Be Done in Season 3 and for uh, Bluey's Brisbane. Um, you can find us on all the usual socials, but Justin and Lou, where should people hunt down Bluey's Brisbane and get binging? Well, you know, you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts, of course, um, and all the socials at Bluey's Brisbane, no apostrophe. Nice. As opposed to us who have Bluey Bluey Pod on Instagram and Facebook and then at Bluey Podcast on Twitter because some guy in Perth apparently got in before (laughs) we could to get Bluey Pod. confusing. I know. We need to buy them out with our non-existent cash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> all the millions we make from all those podcasts. socials. Oh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, look, we're making so much fun in the process. Uh, we love how much fun you guys clearly have taking your card table around Brisbane and beyond. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the episodes that come from regional Queensland. Lou, uh, it sounds like uh, you've done some yes. amazing adventures already. Got to Be Done is going to be back at some point, but uh, – 
keep us posted for all your bluey gloss and um we will all talk to you so soon uh in the meantime it's gotta gotta be be done done. (laughs) (laughs) the doctor says he needs to rest You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane.